This is Friday Night Strikes, where I'll talk to high school football officials around the USA about this advocation we all love. Let's kick it off. Hi, everyone. This is Don Vandemark, and with me today I have Mike Besner um, from the Portland area, correct, Mike? Yep, Portland, Oregon. All right. Very good. Very. Oh yeah, there are. There's Portland, Maine as well. Thank. Thanks for clarifying that. Yeah, you bet. Uh, it's important. Okay. Um, so Mike is a, a high school and, and and college official from the area. So so Mike, uh, what what association are you with in high school? So I'm with the Portland Football Officials Association. Okay. All right. Very good. And and what uh what games do you cover for uh for college? Uh, for college, I'm currently, uh, I work for the Big Sky Conference. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Very good. All right. So for the, uh, how did you, how did you get to, to this place? What's your officiating journey? How did you get started? Um, how, we'll start there. how did you get started? Yeah. So that's a, that's a fun one. So I never played organized football. Um, uh, always a little small for that. But I was always a huge football fan, and so I, I remember it pretty distinctly. It was that uh, Titans-Rams Super Bowl about 19, 20 years ago where it ended on sure. the hard line. And I remember, man, for some reason that got me thinking about, I wonder what it takes to be a football official. <laughs> and uh, back then, the internet was not as big as it is now, obviously, but I managed to get on AOL.com or whatever it was at the time. and. Sure. Just looked for um, looked for what was available around here and found the Portland Football Officials Association and talked to the then commissioner, um, a guy named Bob Wellnitz, and within five minutes he talked me into giving it a shot. Oh, very good. And that was back in two thousand one, and God, I just immediately took to it and immediately loved it. Awesome, awesome. So, uh, how long how long did you spend doing high school officiating before you took that jump into uh, into college officiating? So, I I had worked six years, uh, so it was my seventh year is the one where I got my first college assignments. So I was still working lots and lots of high school, and I still work a high school game or two here and there every year. Sure, but yeah, it was uh, six full years of high school before I um, was assigned my first college game. All right. Very good. Very good. And so uh, along the way, um, everything I'm striving for as a football official is right now, right now I'm focused on high school. Uh, I just completed my fourth year. So uh, I don't know how it is in other states, but in Florida, you have to do three years before you're even eligible to do playoffs. So this was, it was, it was good. This was my first playoff year. um, And I, I got to, I got to do, uh, a game on the field, and then I got to do three games on the clock. So that was uh, a, all the way up to the state semifinals. Well, congratulations. Um, That's awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you. And I, I, I actually would have been able to do state finals, except I had a concert already planned for that evening. <laughs> I I gladly would. I wouldn't have planned it that way, but I wasn't planning on being in the state finals either. Yeah, so yeah, well, some, sometimes real life, uh, although I don't know if I'd call that real life, but sometimes real life gets in the way. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah, that, that was that was something my wife and I had set up, uh, you know, months back. And I was in like, that case, oh, it's no, definitely real life. <laughs> well, she she said, I'll find somebody to go with. I'm like, no, no, this is something we're, we're going to do. So yeah, you, you did the um, <laughs> if, if it had if I'd been on the field, it might have been a different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you. <laughs> 
I'm not not disparaging what clock operators do, but it might have been different if it was on the field. So, oh, very good. So, um, so within the Portland Football Officials Association, um, I understand you're part of the the training uh, crew there. What what do you do to to help uh, newer officials along? Yeah, so in our association, uh, we have a pretty good educational program. I've always liked it, uh, where we have it's it's kind of funny, you you know, we have three years where members are on probation, so they're not full members, sure. um, or anyone who transfers to us from another area comes in as a probationary member for a year, and we have classes. We have one class for the first year officials, uh, one class for second year officials, and one the the one that I'm a part of is the one that instructs third year officials and all transfers to our association. Sure. So uh, that's my role in the program. Okay. And what what do the various years do? Um, so so uh, uh, I'm, I'm going back to my training days and and I, I, I'm trying to envision what the diff, what you would offer the different times, the different uh, levels of experience. Sure. Um, yeah, they are different, obviously, um, or else we could just have one one big class. Right. But, uh, yeah, it's um, it's first year, and, and it's actually it's kind of fun. This year, I was lucky enough. My son uh, worked his first year. He's he's still in high school, but he was able to work a you know seventh eighth grade games, and he actually went through our first year class. So oh, I got, very good. got to get a lot of different um, points of view on that one. Sure. But our first year one, you're dealing with people who have never been on the field as an official at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you are starting at the very, very beginning. Um, and we are teaching them basically how to work the headlines position mm-hmm. and how to work with chains and what you need to do that basic stuff, every play, you know, right. we're not, we're not, you're not going to be great. You're, you know, but our goal is basically, uh, teach you how, how to blow your whistle, teach you what a bean bag is. Um, teach those mechanics, you know, during dead ball as a, as a headlines to, to get your chains moved and know if it's a first down and, and take it from there. And so that one's heavily focused on the absolute basics. Sure. Then, sure. Uh, so, so, yeah, so real quick, that's, that's interesting. So do all your first year officials only work as headlinesmen? I don't think they do it exclusively. Um, okay. I, you know, I mean, I think it's most, I, I, you know, I know they'll get some line judge, uh, you know, I don't know how it is in other places. Our lower level games don't have back judges here. So we, we run four person crews for most sub varsity games. There's a, there's a couple schools here that pay for a fifth back judge for like a JB game. Sure. But, uh, most don't, so they don't really get to work back judge at all. And, right. and you know, they're not going to get to work referee probably. Uh, so some will probably get a few umpire assignments, so I'm sure they'll, they cover that too, but, uh, it's mostly working on the wings. Sure. Uh, and that, that makes sense. And, and that, that, the reason I ask is what we do here locally is going back to when I was in it, there, there was, there was a lot of focus on the line of scrimmage positions, but not necessarily one versus the other. Um, and then some of your, um, some of your officials that are more physically uh, sized for the umpire position uh, got a little bit of work there. And, and sometimes that was more the second year officials as well. Um, 
So, so yeah. go on. What, 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 what happens for the, in the second year? Well, second year, they, they just build upon that one, uh, upon that. And, you know, obviously they're going to get into more situations. They're going to start to, to, you know, cover those other positions as a second year official. Um, and, you know, in our association, we're, we're pretty large. I don't remember how many officials we have overall, but it's close to 200. Sure. Uh, and at least in Oregon, we're, we're the biggest one in the state. And, and we could have as many as, um, again, I don't know the exact number. I'm not the commissioner, but it's, uh, you know, I don't know the average varsity games on a Friday night, but it's probably around 25, something, sure. something like that. And so uh, as a first year official, you're generally not going to work a varsity game. But second year, you might get a couple on those days where there, there's just not a lot. So there's a chance you're going to have to learn a little back judge, you know, maybe referee on a, on a sub varsity game. So I, I know they're going to start talking about those other things, get into more philosophies um, saying, you know, Hey, we don't have to teach you where you need to stand anymore. So now we can actually cover some other things to help make you better. Right. Right. Um, and then what do you cover in, in your third year in transfer class? So third year, um, we definitely, we step it up a, a little bit more. We do a lot of film review, mm -hmm. a lot of it, and definitely get into the nitty gritty of philosophies, be, be, you know, behind holding and pass interference. You know, one thing we're not going to do is just sit there and read the rule book or read the mechanics book because people can do that on their own time. So we're going we're to talk about the things that, uh, that are going to just make, make everybody good enough. So now you're starting to, you know, you're on your way to being a veteran and being able to apply everything that's in the rule book and mechanics book, instead of just, you know, having to blindly follow it until you build that muscle memory. Sure. Uh, yeah. So the, you know, video review is great. Um, I'm sure, you know, nowadays it's so much easier to do than it was 10 years ago. And, uh, you know, we, we use it as a, a huge tool and we could watch one play and, and just get into a group discussion for, you know, half an hour. Right. And right. Yeah, definitely. What do you, do, do you use huddle for, uh, of your own, of your own associations games for that video review or using just YouTube clips that are found along the way? What are you using for that? Um, I would probably say a little of both depends on the topic. So we do create a syllabus at the beginning of the year, um, just to kind of make sure we're going to have a plan, you know, we'll alter mm -hmm. it depending on the class of course, but, um, yeah, we, we use a lot of huddle for sure. Uh, you know, the, yeah, the schools here are on it, our association has access to it. And so I do enjoy picking through just random games and finding plays it doesn't take me long to find a play that has instructional value and then just you know go over it once in a while we'll pick one in particular with one of our officials um, in the class in it but um for the most part it's just what our association has worked and just kind of skimming through it and finding what we're looking for sure sure and that, that there's a lot of work in doing that uh, yeah, and, i really enjoy working it through it Breaking sure. down film on, on yourself, um, and if anyone listening hasn't done that yet and they're able to, they, they should. It's eye-opening. But um, watching yourself on film is the best way to get better. And, sure. uh, you know, I enjoy watching anybody else, too, because, uh, you know, we only get a certain number of plays a game, and the more games you watch of others, the more experiences you can, you can see how people have handled different things. Right. Right. No, that's that's one thing I, I, I mentioned to my wife and my friends when whenever we're talking about officiating and 
and and conversation comes around what, how did they miss that call or why did they get that wrong? Um, my, one of my usual responses is a angle, um, angle of the official and what he's looking at and B at the end of the day, as officials, we don't get the reps players do. We just don't. Um, they're out there at practice three, four times a week doing the same thing over and over repping it. And we don't have that opportunity. The, the only opportunity we have is the games, the live games. We don't get a lot of practice. We don't get a lot of scrimmage. That's right. Uh, Scrimmages are tough because they're, they're just different. Um, right. But yeah, you know, you'll hear it a million times. Just get snaps, 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 get as many snaps as you can. It's the only way to get better. For sure. For sure. And, and, and that was, that was big in my first years. I was able to work a lot of pop Warner as well. So, so when I came to that second year, everything slowed down. Um, and it, it, it was a lot easier to see things um, that second year, just because I had had a good amount of snaps that first year. So um, absolutely agree with that. Um, what, what do you find um, the third years uh, have the most discussion around? I won't say struggle with, cause that that's a different term, but what, what do you have a lot of discussion around and, and I assume it's philosophy. Um, in, in our, in our training class, we have one of the teachers who's like, I can teach you the rules. I can teach you what, what the areas of the game are that are philosophies, but I can't tell you what your philosophy philosophy should be. I can't tell you what a pass interference call is to you or what a hold is to you. Um, so what, what, what do you, uh, what do you find generates the most discussion in, in your classes? Well, I think I, I would agree it is certainly philosophies because, again, by this time, people should know the rules and they should know what the mechanics book says. Um, and, you know, the only way, you know, what do people want from officials? They want us to be consistent. And mm-hmm. that's what we're always striving for. Right. And, and it's hard, especially in a group, in this case, of almost 200 officials. And so that's that's a struggle. So what we try and do is give guidelines, you know you know, the when in doubts, uh, you know, right. and, you know, thresholds, uh, you know, uh, pass interference is a great example. We'll go over, you know, categories of pass interference, right? And if you can't put it into a category, you probably shouldn't throw your flag because it probably wasn't something that we're going to be consistent on. And so sure. what, what we want to do is make it as our ideal is that everyone sees the same potential hold or the same potential pass interference and they call it exactly the same way. And just like you said, that's not ever going to happen. That's, that's a too high of a threshold, but we want to make it so that the number that the different types of plays that we're all going to call a little differently, just get minimized as much as possible. And so the more you're thinking philosophies while you're officiating, the more you're going to call it the same as, as the next person. Right. Well, let's, let's dig on, on something you mentioned there just a little for, for everyone out there. When you say categories of pass interference that you teach, what are those categories? Oh, all right. Well, let's see if I can rattle them all off. <laughs> yeah. I'm catching it, you on the spot. The off, here. It is the off season, you know? Um, so, you know, we've got not playing the ball, right? So if you have a, a, receiver with a defender and the defender is not playing the ball in any way, shape or form. And they make contact. I remember sure. high school got rid of the face guarding rule a couple of years ago. So, and they make contact, you know, that could be pass interference. Um, 
you know, a grab and restrict. If you're grabbing the receiver and, and the restrict word there is important because just a little Jersey grab is not a foul. Right. Uh, it's just a Jersey grab. And so you have to actually have a material restriction on the receiver where you're preventing them from making a play on the ball. Sure. Um, you know, there's a hook and restrict or some people like to think of it as hook and turn again, just because you have your arm around your receiver as the ball's coming doesn't mean you're restricting them in any way if you're just both standing there, right? There has to be some right. kind of action where you're restricting that receiver's ability. Um, there's a cutoff. If you're both running down the field and the defender is uh, getting in the receiver's way without playing the ball, they're, again, restricting their ability to make a play. Um, arm bar. You know, and it's a, again, arm bar, just because you have your arm out across the front of a receiver doesn't mean you're actually restricting them. You have to be slowing them down in some way, shape or form. Sure. You know, there might be another one in there. I'm not thinking of off the top of my head, but those are, the, you know, those are ideas where if you start thinking in categories and then you see the action on the field, my brain immediately says, oh, that's a grab and restrict or, oh, that's not playing the ball. And then I right. know I have a foul. But if I can't do that, um, then it's probably not a foul, and I'd probably want to stay away from it. Sure, sure. Well, that's 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 excellent. That's a that's a that's a good piece right there, just to uh, to, to get a feeling for for especially what newer officials should be looking at, and and obviously intense training, getting getting video of that of what each of those is, probably multiple clips of what each of those is is helpful <laughs> as well. Correct. And that's one thing we definitely do in our third year class, because, yeah, it's, you know, first and again, first year officials, especially it's you're going to teach them the categories, but it's going to be a little overwhelming. Right. Uh, and so but yeah, at some point we'll we'll we go over those categories and because those are help. Those are philosophies. And, and yeah, I'll, we'll find clips as many as we can. And there are you mentioned YouTube. There's YouTube videos out there. and you, It doesn't take long to search for for um, a video on like categories of holding and categories of pass interference. And they are very helpful. Sure. Sure. One thing that I, I think I'm still struggling with, and, and I, I think it's more of a, you know, it when you see it um, foul, as long as we're talking the passing game is the defenseless receiver, um, yeah. the hit on a defenseless player um, foul that we're, we're going for. Mm -hmm. Um is that something you, you dive into on, uh, cause that's one of the newer rules if I remember right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's an ever evolving one as well sure. as it should be, as we're all grappling with the history, you know, the future of this game and how to dial it in so that we're making it as safe as possible for, for the kids. Um, but yeah. And, and I, you know, you, what you said right up front there is, you know, it when you see it, that is something I believe I've said before. It's, you know, you're looking for, somebody trying to hurt somebody right um, you know now now it all depends on let's just preface everything here by the way what everything i say here is great um but if your supervisor tells you to do something differently you do what your supervisor says of course sure yes absolutely yeah, always do it <laughs> um so you know i know most areas including in oregon you know the emphasis on safety is huge and i'm sure it is right. everywhere Sure. 
So it's, you know, you're going to have some philosophies. We, I mentioned before the when in doubts, you know, you, you probably have some areas that say when in doubt, I want that flag thrown because we have to get this out of the game. Right. Um, but yes, we, I, I think everybody knows what a defenseless player looks like, right? They have no way to, just as it implies, defend themselves. They're, they're right. not paying attention for whatever reason, or they're, making some kind of play where they're, they're, they can't focus on the person who's hitting them. And so I think we all know it, you know, blindside blocks, a great example. We know right. what those look like. We've been seeing them for years, you know? And so if it doesn't match that, it might not be a foul. Um, but, you know, at the same time, those when in doubts, if, if your local group or local supervisor is saying, when in doubt, I want it flagged, then do what they say. Right. And, and the one, the, I question as far as the defenseless player is receiver goes up for the ball is at full stretch and, and defender comes and plows through, through his, through his torso, not through his head, through his torso, ostensibly making a play to, to break the the pass up. I I know that's probably one of those borderline ones, especially if he blows him up pretty uh, pretty violently. Um, But that's, that's also one where I'm like, that's a football play. He's the receiver has the ball. He's trying to break up the play. So I think that's where it gets a little bit more muddy for me. I I agree. I think that's one that we've gone over a lot uh, in our class and otherwise people looking at films of those saying, God, is that just a great play? Um, cause it's not necessarily dirty and he's hitting him otherwise legally and trying to prevent him from making a catch. And that is, I think that is the kind of play that right now is right on the, uh, it's kind of the cutting edge for lack of a better phrase of, sure. of where the rules trying to go. And, and I, I wouldn't surprise me if, if philosophies vary by region on that one, it is a Probably. tough one. I know in our high school association, we put up plays on the, on the big screen, exactly as you describe, and there's a lot of disagreement. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that goes to the, the leadership then has to, you know, give everyone the guidance so that again, in, 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 in the game this Friday, you're calling it exactly the same as, as the guy, the, the crew who, who'd be there the next week. It's a tough one. And, you know, I, that's one that I think is ever changing and I'm sure we'll get even more guidance on that uh, this coming year as we all go through preseason rules, changes in, in, in philosophy presentations. Yeah. And I, I, I think we both, uh, we both agree and we both, <laughs> everyone's seeing this coming. We, that right now may be a borderline play. Five years from now, that won't even be a borderline play. That'll probably be legislated out. Um, wouldn't just surprise, the, it wouldn't surprise me at all. And, and, right. and, and, you know, and, and one thing with the, you know, the hitting high, which, you know, I think we're doing a we are doing a very good job taking that out of the game. This is just anecdotally for me. I have no data yep. to back me up. Yep. But um, you know, the games I work, whether it's high school or college, um, I there is not headhunting anymore. Yeah. And and if someone does hit somebody high, you know, they 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 realize what they just did most of the time. You know, I, I when I'm working a college game, you know, I, I work in a conference that has instant replay. It's it's so we have a philosophy of when in doubt, throw it and replay can fix it if it was not, you know, targeting. Right. High school, I there might be places that have something like that right now, but the 
vast majority don't have replay and probably won't anytime soon. And so, you know, it, it makes it a little more difficult. You get one bite at that apple and, uh, it's, it's rough if you, if you uh, penalize or, or even worse, disqualify somebody for something that they really didn't do. Right. So, uh, I think it's much harder to officiate that in high school than it is in college. Yeah. And, and I, I, I've, I've had as, as I've, gone and experienced, gained experience, I've had that view change just a little. I had one couple years ago where uh, uh, we're, we're changing the discussion a little here, but where the, the, the receiver, the ball went low. So the receiver went down leading with his head and here comes the defender coming down low is also leading with his head. Yep. In my view, no intent um, at all just yep. going for the ball, but sure enough, head on head. Um, the back judge flagged it. And when he flagged, it, I went, yeah, you know, that probably should have, but it, it, I had intent in my head. And that that's really not what I think the, the Federation's after. The Federation's after safety. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, I, and, you know, obviously if, if, and it's very hard as officials to judge intent. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, when it comes to that, there's intent and there's also putting yourself in a vulnerable position as a tackler. Sure. Um, and, you know, like for example, if you launch, right. Uh, you know, that's one of our, we call it an indicator. Um, you know, if you launch, you're putting yourself at risk, whether you're trying to hurt somebody or trying to hit them high or trying to hit a defenseless player or not. Once you leave your feet, you know, you can't take that back. Right. Right. <laughs> and so, um, you know, it, it's going to, it is going to keep evolving. And like I say, in high school, it's even more important to have clear expectations of officials because you can't fix it. And, and everybody's looking at it at real time and it is not an easy call. Yeah. And, and those, those borderline ones are the ones that if it's against your sideline and you're a line of scrimmage official, you're going to be living with that the rest of the game and in the coach's mind. Um, yeah, that's, that's and, true. Um, and that's, you know, that, that's part of, that's part of being the, the line of scrimmage official. It, it is. And you could say that about a heck of a lot of other calls as well. Sure. Sure. Yeah. But you're no, right. I, go ahead. No, I was saying you're right. You're right. Yeah. I mean, it, that one's a, it's a big penalty. And, um, I, you know, my experience though, again, is, is there's been so much emphasis on it. Um, I don't think there's many coaches out there that don't want their players to be as safe as possible. And so uh, they get it. I, th- I think that one more so than passive interference or holding even, you know, if they think we got it wrong, we'll hear about it. But, uh, you know, they know that they know what the end goal is and we're trying all trying to save the sport and make yeah. it, you know, it's safe as possible. And, and I think uh, the, the thing I haven't said yet, and I hope I never say, cause it's not productive. Uh, is coach, if that had been, if the situation is flipped and we weren't throwing the penalty on you, would you agree with it then? Um, because you know, nine times out of 10, the answer is yes. Um, so, uh, and like I said, that's not productive to to say to a coach. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, it's, it, it, most of the times it probably, probably isn't, but you know, with context and you know, who, who knows? Yeah. There's lots of, that's a whole other podcast is, uh, sideline to, to talk to coaches for sure for sure and and I, I I've done I've done I've done all the positions all the positions in a five-man crew outside of referee and I still enjoy 
headlinesman line judge the most because of the work with the coaches. I enjoy interacting with the coaches and and spending those five, 10 seconds every once in a while to go, here's what I saw, here's, here's why that happened that way. Um, I enjoy that. I don't mind so much getting getting yelled at every once in a while. Um, yeah. Uh, I enjoy that. So the one thing that I uh, – I'm sorry, go ahead. I was saying that's a formula for success. Yeah, yeah. So thank you. Um, one thing that I, I, I saw more and more of this year that – I don't know if the federation needs to get involved and make it a point of emphasis or if local associations need to – and that is the ball carrier lowering their head mm-hmm. um, and and initiating contact. Um, by rule, that's a foul. It's also very rarely called. Yeah. Um, and and that, um, I keep looking at that, especially when it's one of those sweeps at the sidelines right in front of in front of me. I'm like, man, that feels like something I should call and and something I'm going to have to live with for a while if I if I call that. Um, but. I'm going to have to live with a lot longer if he does it and he gets injured for, for lowering his head. Um, But I, I feel like that one's, that's one of those ones that like the blindside block will eventually come out as a point of emphasis. Yeah. Yeah. That, you know, that is another difficult one. Actually. I, I recall we watched a film this past season of one where the ball carrier delivered one heck of a blow to the defender with a lowered helmet and it on the film, it, it just looked like he sought him out, knew what he was doing. Um, we all agreed. That's a foul. Um, you know, you're not going to get a lot of agreement on most others when right. it comes to that, you know, but I think if you, if you take that philosophy um, of, you know, did he deliver a blow? You know, uh, it, it just looks different than yeah. simply, you know, trying to gain an extra yard or two. And, uh, and actually I think, I think it, it, it does jump out at you as well. Cause you'll see him like, Whoa, that wasn't just a run of the mill, you know, again, trying to get an extra yard or two. That was, he, he tried to punish there. Yeah. And, you know, that, that's a foul. Another, another, you know, it when you see it, but I, I, I as with the others, I think though, those will get legislated away as, as we, we emphasize more and more safety. So, yeah, I, I agree. So that, 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 that's, I think that's my personal flag to bear for, for the 2019 season is, is ball carrier leading with his head. Um, yeah. You know, one thing to remember with all this, um, yeah, these are tough calls and, yeah. and the, the, the sport struggles with it right now as we transition from the way things used to be to the way things eventually will be. And it's going to take a while, which is, which is good. You can't, you know, make instant change, but Remember, we're all on the same side, right? Players, oh, sure. coach, officials. We all want the game to be as safe as possible. And so there might be some disagreement on what that looks like, but in the end, we're all on the same side. And that's why I know this will succeed eventually and we'll all get to a point where people are comfortable with whatever the sport um, becomes. Sure, sure. So what, was there a play or two you had from, from the last season that that in your mind, um, is a good teaching play? Yeah. Yeah. I got a couple. Um, okay. So I work, when I work high school, I work referee and I had a game this year with two interesting plays. Uh, the first one was a kickoff. So, you know, who knows a couple of years, we might not talk about plays like this anymore. Sure. Sure. Uh, 
know, kickoffs, but um, it was a kickoff, and as a referee, you know, you're you're at the goal line, and have a receiver catching a deep kick, probably caught in around the two yard line or so. Starts running forward, and out of the corner of my eye, I notice another player of his running right towards him, and it was just weird looking because that doesn't normally happen on a kickoff. Right. And again, right. whenever you're working any play and something suddenly looks very strange, be on high alert because something's going on. Yeah. And this is not a play in the pregame that the coaches warned me about. You know, which we always ask coaches ahead of, before the game, are there any special plays you want us to know about? We're not doing that so we can tell the other team. We're doing that so that we can mentally prepare ourselves so we officiate it correctly. Sure. Um, and so on this one, I'm suddenly on high alert and really focused in. And all of a sudden, the kick returner flips the ball forward about a yard before the guy got to him. And then the guy catches it, runs to the other side of the field, breaks out like a 50, 60 yard return. Sure. So I processed that for a moment. I'm like, well, this is a kickoff. You cannot do that. So I threw a flag. Right. And I don't think anybody saw the flag. But I, you know, that's one of those also where after the game, you're like, oh my, and I can't wait to see this on film, you know, because then you start doubting yourself, saying, yeah, is it exactly what I think I saw? But it was, and I had it right. And it was a pretty significant play. But for me, the, the lesson on that one is, Expect the unexpected, especially on kicking plays, which are chaotic to begin with. Yep. Um, and, you know, also make sure you don't lose focus on your area of responsibility. It would have been an easy one to miss or an easy one because it happened so fast and it was so unusual to not flag, just freeze up. And then they would have, you know, gotten a 50, 60 yard uh, gain and, and later when the other team was looking at the film they would have had a you know a pretty legitimate argument that that shouldn't happen right right um the other play same game um involved one of one of the hardest calls for a crew to make is just intentional grounding and uh it was a play late in the game pretty critical play on a big drive and quarterbacks getting hit and he flicks the ball and doesn't go very far, and it ends up hitting a defensive lineman in the head mm-hmm. while he's mm-hmm. on the ground um, and bounces off. And then, you know, I'm the referee, so I'm making sure my quarterback's safe. That's your, that's your job, referee. Don't leave your quarterback after they throw the ball. Happened slowly enough. I'm able to see the tail end of it. I see a ball hit the guy in the helmet, and I see a second later another guy is, um, you know, the ball disappears and it's downfield. Someone else on the offense is running with it or something, just, you know, not knowing what happened. So we kill it as an incomplete pass. And me as the referee look around. I ask, anybody if they saw anything and I didn't get any responses. So I throw a flag and then got the group together. And in the end, the back judge came in and said, Hey, I said, did you have anything? And he said, yeah, number 22 is in the area. I said, Oh, okay. That's good information. So I waved the flag off. One thing. And the reason that call is so difficult in high school football is no one official has all the answers right right and that call involves lots and lots of teamwork 
you know, we always talk about it's the referee's flag, and I don't know what the philosophies are in other places, but at least with us, there's no reason for anyone but the referee to throw a flag on that because it's a spot foul. So, you know, if you're a wing, there's no reason to throw your flag on the sideline because it's not the it's not at the right spot anyway. Um, but it's the crew's call. It, we got to piece it together, and it's tough. Um, this one in particular, I watched the replay, and frankly, after the fact, I think we could have gone either way on it. You could you could legitimize both. Sure. Um, sure. Yeah, there was a receiver in the area. He probably couldn't have caught it. Um, you know, and but uh, you could have justified either way. And that man, that makes it. Those are tough. That's one of those ones we talked about earlier. It's very, very difficult to be consistent on. Um, the college and high school rules are a little different. In college, if you're just in that area, it's not going to be a foul. High school, I think there's a little more judgment that they want you to apply. Yeah, he, he was somewhere near the area, but did he actually have a realistic job or was the quarterback intentionally dumping the ball, not giving him any way to actually catch it? So. Right, right. That one was a different one. And, you know, good officials on plays like that, whether you got it right or wrong, you never forget the, those plays so that when it happens the next time, you might handle it a little a little differently. Um, you know, for me, in hindsight, I would have preferred if before I threw my flag, I picked a spot, stood there and had the crew come and we could have talked about it. Right. Right. But uh, I think it would have looked a lot better. And optics are definitely important in what we do. But uh those are a couple of plays that for me this past season really stood out. Those are great examples. Thanks for sharing those. So uh, I think we've reached the end uh, for today. Um, I appreciate your, your time uh, with us today, Mike. Greatly, uh, very helpful that, that you were able to come on. You bet. Uh, thanks for asking and keep, keep doing the good work you're doing. For sure. Well, thanks again. And um Hopefully we'll talk again in the future. Sounds great. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Friday Night Stripes. Show notes and links to all of the episodes can be found on our website at FridayNightStripes.com. Reviews on Google Podcasts or Apple iTunes are always appreciated as they will help us reach more officials. We are always looking to talk to officials everywhere, so if you want to be a guest, please email hello at FridayNightStripes.com. If you have comments, ideas, or want to correct a mistake we made, you can email us at hello at FridayNightStripes.com. You can also continue the conversation by joining the Facebook group Friday Night Stripes or following us on Twitter at Friday Night Stripes. Show music is Fight 'em Down by Flash Fluidy, licensed by PremiumBeat.com. We'll see you on the next episode.